BBC podcast, where you get to know the people, places, and possibilities behind the global EMDC community. We're glad you are watching or listening. I'm your host, Tim Cowley of Expat Media Pro and Global Creatives Collective. My co-host is the founder of EMDC, Steve Ballman. EMDC is a global community of Jesus followers who have been generally meeting together at a conference venue each year. In 2020, we rolled out an online platform for ongoing training and connecting, and with that, a big growth in serving and connecting more people into our network. Through this podcast, we aim to create community and provide encouragement by talking with communication experts who use their particular expertise to more effectively share the gospel in mainly non-Christian regions. For our 10th episode, recorded on December 18th, 2020, Steve and Tim continue their discussion with orality and storytelling experts representing Simply the Story and Story Weavers. Our conversation picks back up as Steve asks Ben for more information on how Story Weavers trainings are offered. I'm going to ask Ben something that, um, Ben, how, um, how would you say, how long would you say, and what's the best method for someone to actually learn to do? I mean, we've, we've have oversimplified your approach here, you know, your story, my story, God's story, but what would you say the best idea is for someone to learn how to do that method? Uh, to to learn to share the gospel, uh, do you mean? No, to learn to use a weaver, your story, my story. What what do you have a trainings or do you do you, you know do you do it in small groups? How do you do it? Do you have online training? How do you? Yes, uh, thank you for asking. Yes, we do have trainings. Uh, we do that in small groups. We we do that in uh, in larger group as well. Not you know huge groups, but maybe. As much as teachers can handle, we do that in that groups as well. And right now we're doing it online as well. And we have different trainings. Uh, some trainings we do it for like three, four days. It depends on time as well. And again, you know, in Weavers, we start from connections. We teach people how to listen well. You know, sometimes we have the tendency of just like uh, Bharat said, you know, sometimes you have the tendency of not listening well. In Weavers, our emphasis is we must listen well. If we listen well, then we'll understand what that person is going through. Then we'll be able to connect well. Without listening, you know, we, we can't connect well. So so we give more emphasis on listening, connection, and then comes God's story. Just like team team said, you know, the different, uh, the different uh, chronological uh, God's story that you've said starts with the creation, then flood, then fall, and then flood. We do have those stories for our evangelism as well. We do start from creation because not many people know about creation, especially in our part of the world. Many people do not know a lot about creation. Then we go to fall, and then we have other stories that, that comes with that as well. So, So let me just add, there are different you were talking about like the different arrows that might be useful. So there's training for pre-evangelism, just how to have conversations about topics that are in the, in the community now. And, but Ott mentioned talking with the tea seller about how his business was going during the pandemic. So just starting from whatever the local situation is. But then 
there's another training for evangelism, for how to share the good news, where that's integrated into our conversations also. But then there's another training for how to disciple new believers, all of that Bible storying. And there's also a training for addiction recovery, freedom of scent, and as well as for emotionally healthy spirituality, which we're calling from the inside out. So there are different tools. All of them are using Bible storying in conversation. And some, such as Freedom of Center, are designed for using in the church. And the others are, well, you start there, but you work your way into the community. Mm-hmm. When I was in, in Chad in January, um, I was with some some Muslim friends who were new friends to me, and I could tell that they were trying to win me over to their side. Um, it's interesting to be in the other side of things when somebody tries to convince you to join their way of thinking. Um, how do you, in your trainings, uh, gently explain that you know evangelism is is something that isn't just you know I'm going to make you my project, and if I don't get this in within five minutes, I'm moving on. Um, is there a tension here in in training because some people just want to just say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus without listening first and understanding? How do you deal with that in your trainings? Uh, you know, we first in our trainings we teach people about spiritual journey because everyone is in a different spiritual journey. So we teach that first because we need to know what kind of spiritual journey that they are in. And as far as you've said, just rushing with the time, we don't do that. You know, we have a saying, 40 cups of coffee. And here in, in South Asia, we say liters of Coke because we love drinking Coke. So, so it doesn't happen instantly. You know, it takes time. And it is Holy Spirit's job to, to you know, change people's heart. It's not our, our job is to just share the gospel. Our job is to just put the seed of, of gospel in their heart and it is Holy Spirit's job. So we leave that up to Holy Spirit and our responsibility is to maintain the relationship with them because if they do not believe in, uh, if they do not change their faith right now, they may well in the future. So we do not want to disturb that relationship. We want to continue that relationship even if they do not believe in Lord right now we want to be continuing friends become friends with them so we want that continuation you know we don't just just leave that and just like uh Stelano said you know even after they accept we have different process of discipleship and then you know uh, a longer disciple uh, disciple making process and then you know they themselves will become a, a disciple maker so that's that's a long-term process but as far as evangelism is concerned yes it takes time and we don't you know ask people to rush through the conversations so you don't return home going, oh, I didn't get a chance to share the gospel today and feel like a failure because this is a process. It's it's a relationship you're building with people, right, over time. Yes, yes, it is, it is. And that's what we explain to them in the trainings because it doesn't happen instantly. And what we are satisfied, I mean, what we are happy is with the connections. If they accept Lord, great, it's, it's a great blessing. But if not, then we are happy with the connections as well. Because if we have good relationship with them, even in future, it opens the door for us you know, to, to talk about God you know, with them even in, in future. So we're not disappointed. Obviously, we're sad when they don't give their life to Lord. But you know, we are happy with the connections as well. We are happy with the relationship that we have maintained with them as well. 
there there was one year where where Ben sent results for how many people had come to faith in Christ and how many people had heard all of the five stories that we would typically use in evangelism, though even that might be adapted for the person. But I called him up because I said, Ben, I don't, I don't understand this because you have this number of people who heard all five stories, but you have a higher number for how many people committed their lives to the Lord. Can you explain that? And he said, well, some people, after they hear our story, they want to follow the Lord. And so we just lead them in a prayer of commitment. Is that okay if we don't tell all five stories first? No. <laughs> Of course, when God is leading, you follow. So you would just want to share those basic stories in discipleship right away. So that because they teach so much, so so much theology is included in those stories. So um it it really varies. Eleanor, how did you get connected to Weavers? Oh uh, well. It actually started uh, when my husband and I were taking courses in scripture engagement with Wayne Dye. And as a class project, he challenged me. I was work, um, on loan to a different Christian organization, Evangelism Explosion. And, and he said, why don't you take all the theory we've been learning about um, scripture engagement, about teaching adults, teaching across cultures and orality, and just run it through EE and see what you get. And so I did that together with a Montagnard pastor um, who is translating the scriptures into his tribal language. And we worked through this and every week he would share it with the immigrants that he was connected with. And so at the end of it, we had the prototype of Weavers, the first draft. And Wayne said to me, well, this is good, but does it work? And I said, well, the pastor I've been working with just has been using this in his conversations as he's driving people to immigration and doctor and job search. And he's led 10 people to the Lord in these weeks. And Wayne said, well, you get an A so that was the start, but then we, we'd been working in Latin America, so we took weavers there to the people who had been working with indigenous people in the Americas, and we said, would you try this? And they did, and they came back saying, this is the way to communicate the gospel to the indigenous peoples. They said, this, they understand so well, and it just grew. And then we took it to Asia next, and we've been learning more and more everywhere we go. And I suppose there's a, a refining process that goes as you continue to move down this journey, right? Of what's working best and what's working maybe less, uh, lesser than hoped. What's that process look like over the years? Well, um, Ben and Barat have both been very involved in that. Um, when we first took this to South Asia, 
we were using a more uh, print learner approach to how to help someone uh, commit their lives to the Lord, how to lead them in a profession of faith. And people were really struggling with that. And then we thought, wait, let's just stop. Let's rethink this. We've been doing using these stories for oral learners. Let's rethink this for oral learners. And so we went back and we just saw, let's just walk them through the stories. Just at that point, they've seen the big picture. Let's use the summary key ideas from each of those stories and, and turn that into a prayer of commitment. And we show that to the people and they just turned right around. They did it. Everybody got it. And they're like, oh, this is beautiful. So that came out of working with Bharat and, and his team there. And so we've just, then we try it somewhere else and say, how does this work over here? And so having everybody on the team have the opportunity to contribute has been really important along the way. And it sounds like you didn't let the unknown stop you from creating something that could be shared. You just jumped into it and then have refined it and recognized as the global body comes together and says, hey, we could fix it a little bit better if we do this. And that's where Ben and Barat's help has, has I'm sure, been amazingly grateful. Um, ben, Actually, let me let me ask Barat. How did you get involved? Uh, what was your touch point? Did you meet somebody that told you about this method, or how did you get involved in Weavers? Uh, actually, Tim, I was uh, working with an organization in India who are who were working in uh, people groups of India. So I had uh, experience of almost six to seven years. But during these years, I just fell in love with uh, these people groups who are unreached, who are really untouched people groups and um, uh, though I had been uh, taking uh, trainings uh, different various trainings of evangelism how to reach out to lost ones but um, I I think in 2012 or something I got this opportunity with uh, Ed and Eleanor Beach where they came to Mumbai and they were they had this viewers works training and I attended that and after learning this strategy, I was really amazed and I was excited to use this strategy because this is as simple as having conversations and to seek connections. So, so back in 2012 or 13, uh, I, I attended a viewers workshop. I was trained there. And not only that, I implemented in my life first. <laughs> I, I came home and I, I told my wife, oh, this is the amazing strategy to reach out to lost ones. Just have conversations, listen to their story and slowly, okay, lead them to God's stories. And me and my wife, Nilesha, we, we train our leaders, okay, and they in turn, they train their leaders. So in my own local church team, we are seeing seven generations using viewer strategy in their lives and in their ministry as well. So this is how I uh, I, I became part of Weaver's team. And then Ed and Eleanor, they saw the, the capacity, the potential in me, and they encouraged me to join the team. And wow, praise God, thus I'm part of Weaver's team. 
Wow. That's, you know, the numbers that I often hear from South Asia, uh, it, it's just mind boggling. I, I can't even wrap my head around the growth of the generations of the church that is within our lifetime. Uh, ben, what are you seeing in your context for this growth? Uh, well, just to give you a bit of context, how I joined in Weavers, it was about uh, more than six years ago. I was a oral translator. I, I translated for Eleanor and Bharatan and the team who came to Nepal. And since then, I fell in love with this uh, with this Weavers strategy because I myself was very keen to share the gospel, but I didn't know how. And when I got this training, when I you know knew Weavers and when I got this training, I just fell in love with this. And as far as it's how Weavers is used in our country or how effective Weavers is being used in our country is concerned, uh, we have a team of 24 teachers that are teaching Weavers in different languages, in different cultural groups. And we are not just limited in where I am right now. My country is, is slightly bigger, so we are in different parts of our country. And we are seeing how this, this Weavers method is being used in people from different religious backgrounds. You know, some of them are uh, very strong very dif uh, difficult you know people group to reach but we've seen how this weavers uh, method has been used there and how those how it has that changed uh, how our people have given their life to god so we've seen that in in different parts of our uh, our country with different tribal groups with different people from different religious backgrounds as well and even uh, uh, the church that I that I go to, we have three generations of, of weavers teachers there, and in in different churches we have four five generations. In three churches we have four generations of of, of weavers there. So we've seen this growth in different parts of, of my country. Yeah. And what are some of your plans for 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 twenty twenty one? 2021 uh, we have made some plans but it depends on pandemic how long this this pandemic lasts because it's kind of difficult here the cases are increasing but yes we are working on some we have some online trainings that we are doing through story with global uh, we have one in Jan January and uh, yes in January we have one and we have other upcoming trainings as well even in our country we are doing some online trainings one we have already started another one we are going to start from february onwards and then if things open up if things are normal then yes we are planning for, for further workshops in in different parts of our country praise god andrea can you tell us more about international orality network i assume that you're involved in that what, what is that all about the International Orality Network started around 2003, 2004. It actually was the Oral Bible Network in the beginning. And its focus that um, I have seen over the years is about sharing the uh, understanding of orality based upon the context. So, for example, uh, helping seminaries and Bible colleges understand the importance of orality uh, uh, helping missionaries understand the importance of orality. So they've geared it to kind of help educate people in the world of orality. And then they will tend to help people find the method uh, of orality training or tools that fit that particular person's scope or that ministry's scope of focus. So is it like a gateway? It is a gateway. It has served as a gateway for several years. 
Now they may be shifting. They have a new executive director as of uh, probably this year. So I don't know if they're going to be shifting a little bit this year or if they're going to stay on the same path. Mm -hmm. So if, if this kind of thing is, you know, light bulbs going off in people's minds, how would they get started? What are some recommendations that you guys have for getting started in training possibly? And Steve, maybe, maybe you have some offerings. I will say that we did just have the, um, director of the the new director of ion do a session on emdc online so for our listeners you know if you want to go to emdc.online you can find out about that you can't get enrolled until we've we we're sure who you are but we did just have a session it was kind of a broad strokes session on orality and that new director of the ion was was on there and i want Andrea and the others to be sure to put the, you know, mention their websites, mention their possible training opportunities. So why don't we start with Andrea? Thanks, Steve. Um, one of the things like we have a section of our website, if anyone goes to simply the story.org, they're going to get information about orality, how it works in different cultures and con uh, countries with different people, groups, you name it. One of the things that we have is we took a, the evangelism part of our training and actually put it on our website. And that's a little bit more of a different spot. And that would be simply the story.org forward slash evangelism. And we call that section a moment for eternity because we really want people to consider the time they take. And that moment that they take with somebody could mean that person's eternity. Could be. So it's a it's a 12 uh, part video series uh, that we know has helped a lot of people. And the fact I want to go back, if this is going back to the question you asked a little bit earlier, Tim. We are people. This this shutdown has hurt us because we're social beings. That's how God created us to be. We all like to be loved and cared for and approached and talked to. But when you flip the coin around, most of us, not everybody, but most of us can be very afraid to go and approach people and talk to them. It's this interesting dynamic. So when the Weaver's method was being spoken of earlier, the big issue there is helping people to get over the fear of talking to other people that they may not know and to recognize that the power is in the word of God. Uh, so the power that's happening with any of these methods is going to happen because they're, they're using God's word. And God's very clear in his scripture that that is where the power comes from in several places. So how we integrate that into our discussions uh, and, and share the word with people, that's what's impacting the heart. Uh, let's, uh, let's then hop over to Eleanor uh, or Ben um, do you guys have places where you would suggest people go to? Ben, do you want to start answering that? Uh, you can visit our website. We have a website, storyweaversglobal.org. You can visit there and you can get the information about the upcoming trainings. We have some online trainings that is happening. And obviously, you can visit EMDC website as well. We have information about our upcoming trainings there. And as far as if you if you are from South Asia, if you want to contact us, you can contact either uh, Bharat or myself. Uh, if possible, then we'll we'll reveal our email here. Then you can contact us as well. Mm -hmm. Great. Now, 
have have uh, Ben, have you been to EMDC before? Uh, I have not, unfortunately. Once I was supposed to go there, but my visa was denied, and this year COVID happened. So, but uh, what have been some of your your wonderful takeaways, things that you've enjoyed about EMDC? Uh, in EMDC, actually, I see uh, EMDC as a common platform where where we see uh, like-minded people, ministries, they come together, they share their expertise, they share the rich experience of their ministries. And uh, for me personally, uh, EMDC has been such a blessing for me in my personal life as well as in my family, because uh, though I was uh, uh, there for viewers, but at the same time, in pre-MDC, I got so many uh, different trainings like uh, trauma healing, then um, or CMS, uh, culture, mid scripture, even uh, video editing, and all. So mm-hmm. it has sharpened my skills. You see, whatever I have. So uh, uh, and thanks for Steve also for uh, taking this huge step of faith. We're bringing all the org- different organization on the same platform where we can uh, become blessing for one another. Because uh, uh, normally I say to everyone that we are not here mm-hmm. to compete with each with each other, but we are here to complement <laughs> to each other. You see. So EMDC has been truly a blessing for me, and uh, uh, I have got the different uh, openings uh, as well as uh, networks because of uh, uh, viewers' workshops and viewers' trainings, uh, uh, which we got to do in uh, EMDCs. So we got to meet so many different peoples who had shown interest in viewers, and that's how we had uh, uh, built new friendships as well through EMDC. So yeah. Uh, EMDC has been such a blessing for me personally. That's great to hear. Uh, Eleanor, what kind of feedback have you received from those that have received training at EMDCs? Uh, very positive. The people, you mean just EMDC, all the trainings or specifically? The well, let me, let me rephrase. Uh, what are some stories that you've heard from those that have gone through some training, maybe for the first time, they've taken it back to their context of ministry, and then they've written you. Uh, what are some of those stories that you can share with us about some some positive or negative things? Well, I wish you were on a Zoom call just the night before last, because we had 17 people from 11 countries who are weavers practitioners. And I asked them each to just tell how they got connected with weavers. But I think the first person did that and then went on to say how God had been using weavers in their ministry. And so then everybody just told how God had been using weavers in their ministry. And and so the conversations they've built and the depth of understanding of the gospel has it's been way deeper and the developing of uh, helping new believers really grow in their relationship with God. And they were coming from Hindu, Buddhist, Muslim, and secular contexts. And unfortunately, because it was all spontaneous, it was not recorded, which (laughs) is very sad because we heard um, just wonderful stories over and over where they said, you know, I used to just talk to people, now I'm listening to them. And 
they're actually wanting to have conversations with me where before they just wanted me to go away. And, and other people who are just saying, um, people remember the stories and they, they just continue to speak to them even even after the conversation but you know tim the greater emdc family has a lot of facets a lot of domains i mean somebody's there for apps somebody's there for video somebody's there for audio training somebody's there for some kind of technical you know <clears throat> whether it's um chat bots or ai artificial intelligence or something but this is the this is the thing that i want to make sure i say about this particular podcast we're doing is that these methods of sharing the gospel, you know, both the weavers and the simply the story approach can be done by everybody. I mean, I'm not going to be able to build an app. Okay. I'm not going to, you know, create someone's audio program or whatever, but what we're talking about today is a tool that everybody can and should have, right? You, you can't say everybody should be working the domain of virtual reality or artificial intelligence, right? So you need to get special training for that. You need to get some training for what we're talking about here, but it's very user-friendly training and it's very appropriate for everybody, right? I, I think everybody in here agrees that we need to find ways to simply tell the story, right? So to tell God's story. And that applies to all of us, all the believers in Christ, not just uh, technical people or trauma healing people or whatever. So, and for that, in that regard, I do appreciate that both uh, Simply the Story and Weavers and even others who have tried other things, you know, one story or story runners or whatever, they're trying to say, hey, here's, we're trying to uh, show you a tool that you can use and everybody should be able to do this. And I appreciate that part of it. It's it's something that's applicable to, to it's a little bit like you said, you learned last time, uh, Tim, on ethno arts, like, wow, why didn't I know some of this? Well, that's what we wanna make sure everybody knows in this podcast. We You, you can know this, this isn't a specialty item that you have to be just to, um, set aside to learn this specialty item. Anybody can learn this. I hope that, I hope I made that uh, clear. Thanks. And I think Steve is the head of EMDC really puts a neat flavor on our perspective because his heart is about the people getting God's word into people's uh, hearts and uh, souls and helping people to come to know Jesus and to being discipled. And you can see that flavor throughout. So for example, when he had me doing the orality tracks for a long time, I integrated other people's methods into what we were doing because that their methods may be more appropriate to what people came uh, and need. So I, I think my takeaway from EMDC is how broad scope uh, integration it has been for, for multiple visions and multiple ministries. And it's, it's shown in the growth of the EMDC over the last eight, 10 years. It's grown incredible, incredible amounts. So that clearly shows that he's, he's doing a great job and he's got the right people in the steering committee making decisions. Yeah, thanks, Andrea. This has been really, really rich time of understanding more about your contexts of ministry and how the church is growing exponentially in South Asia and other places for sure. I know Tim George uh, in Mozambique 
had gone to, I believe, an STS training, and he was really excited about bringing this back to Mozambique. He's he's one of those guys that actually does a lot of teaching in the village, goes to churches, and does a lot of preaching. And he took this method and just, I think it's grown by leaps and bounds in northern Mozambique, uh, which was more my context of ministry. Uh, so just he's like my one touch point of somebody that I knew on the field that was using this and, and the Yao people that I was working with, they're all oral based. I mean, they can tell you traditions after traditions. Uh, I think some of that might be getting lost now as people start to rely more on, on their cell phones and things. Um, but orality will not die. That is going to stay with us forever because that's how God's created us. Uh, so I love to see your passions of recognizing how humans are created. And we're going to have this technology of the voice with us forever. That's not going to mm. come and go. That's that's right. here. That's right. Yeah. Any final words from anybody? Well, I want to just jump in and say that what one of the things we'd like to do on this podcast, and this this will be a little bit repeating what I just did, but one of the things we want to do is show that the, we're, we're all working together and how to see how the different ideas interface with one another. But again, I want to repeat this idea that, you know, if you want to take the training at STS or the Weaver's training in any in, in and some of them will be offered actually on EMDC online, you will see that this is not something that you need to be technically adept at or something like that, you know. So it is in the broader family of EMDC, but it is also something that can be, uh, should be um, used in the entire Church of Christ all, all together, you know. And I appreciate that, that, that it fits in in that way. It's a, something that if someone is ever looking for um, the training, they have an extra training slot when they come to EMDC or whatever, one of these orality uh, options is definitely the way to go. So thank you guys for being here. This concludes our introduction to orality and storytelling a regular training offered at each in-person EMDC conference and now available online on occasion. In our next two episodes, you'll meet Robin Harris and Matt Menger, both of SIL, who will introduce us to the concept of ethno-arts. Thanks for tuning in to the EMDC podcast. Feel free to share it in public forums with those you think will find interest in our topics. If you have any comments, do reach out by emailing podcast at emdc.live. Head over to emdc.info to learn about our upcoming online trainings, read our blog, find resources, or learn about our physical conferences. Original theme music is created by our very own Schwartz Gray Band.